Would you like a drink? No way. Can you still do it? It may sound like the stuff of Bond films and John le Carre novels and the shadows, but the question is now being asked in the full glare of the public eye. Please do sit down. Does the Russian embassy in Dublin house a sophisticated spy network that threatens our security and the security of our neighbours? Last Monday, four Russian diplomats were ordered to leave the state. Because their activities are not in accordance uh, with the international standards of diplomatic behaviour. That phrase is widely accepted to mean they were suspected of spying. The expulsion move was part of a coordinated approach among EU states in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's not the first time Ireland has expelled Russian diplomats they suspect of espionage. Their spying work actually centred in Slorgan Shopping Centre, of all places, where they tried to get a US Marine to hand over NATO nuclear submarine secrets. But suspicion has deepened recently. Today, a question long asked by our security services is now being asked by the much wider public. Just what are they doing there? I'm Connor Pope and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, is Russia really running a complex spy network out of its embassy in Dublin? Conor Gallagher, you're the Irish Times crime correspondent and you often write about issues related to Ireland's security and defence. The embassy of the Russian Federation on Orwell Road has become a focal point lately for protests against the war in Ukraine and then, more recently, it came under the spotlight with the expulsion of the four diplomats from there last week. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about the embassy? Like, just how big is it? Well, the embassy, as you said, is located on Orwell Road in, in Ratgar. It's a over five acre site. So it's a, it's a pretty big site for an embassy uh, where Ireland doesn't have a huge amount of ties with the country in question. It's got a, a, a big kind of Georgian looking building, which would be the main building. It's got a pretty big gatehouse and then it's got a scattering of other, other buildings out the back. So for a country such as Russia, which has about 5,000 residents in Ireland, it would be considered quite oversized compared to other uh, embassies. And how many people would be working out of the Russian embassy? So until this week, there was 31 staff registered with the Department of Foreign Affairs as working in the embassy. That actually made it the second largest foreign embassy in Dublin, uh, behind only the, the US, which has a massive 73 staff. Um, so, so for some further comparison, the UK embassy in Ireland is only 22 registered staff. France has 19, Poland has 10 and Germany has just uh, a little bit more than that. In 2018, the Russians lodged a planning application for its embassy on Orwell Road, and that would have seen it significantly increasing its already large footprint on the site. Can you tell us a little bit about that planning application and what happened after it was lodged? This was an application to increase the footprint of the the buildings on the embassy grounds about fourfold. Uh, it included a new office complex at the back, a massive extension to the main embassy building and a very large underground complex. And uh, it's the underground complex which which probably drew the most concern and suspicion because you've got a 5.5 acre site there with plenty of green space and there's plenty of room to build above ground. So the concern was, why are they building so much underground? I mean, that underground complex, according to planning documents, had 20 storage rooms 
10 power plant rooms uh, and four rooms with uh, with no uh, descriptions. It also, the basement area had provision for 13 toilets um, and that was supposed to be a st- storage area. So, you know, that obviously raised questions. So that planning application was first lodged in 2015. And on foot of this, the government, the Irish government, passed legislation allowing it to block planning permission, uh, which has always been a kind of a county council matter, uh, on national security grounds. And in March 2020, just as the pandemic was reaching Irish shores, it did just that. Minister for Housing, Owen Murphy, uh, held a, a, a meeting with the security services and received advice. And he then issued a ministerial order blocking pretty much all of the, the planning work in submitted in the plans. Uh, some stuff like building substations and stuff, they were allowed to go ahead with. That drew an angry reaction from the embassy, which called it uh, ridiculous. And as recently as the start of this year, the embassy says it is still in negotiations with the Irish government on the matter. The embassy denies that it's, there's anything sinister going on. It says that the extensions are just to give more comfortable working conditions uh, for its staff. OK, so there's 31 staff or there were 31 staff in the embassy. Is that what you said? 31, yeah. Yeah. And the planning application included a provision for 13 additional toilets in the basement area yes so that would be a, a toilet for every three members of staff that's right and and and, and that's where the, the the concerns or some of the concerns came from um the embassy has always been suspected by security services of being uh, a location for signals collection and interception so basically you know, uh, eavesdropping on communications and, 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 and that sort of stuff. And the concern with the extension was it was going to be a massive, you know, expansion of that. And as you say, there isn't that many Russian people living in Ireland. So would it be considered outsized by European standards? Well, if you have a look at the Russian embassy in London, obviously the UK... Britain is a far bigger country, far more Russian connections, both in terms of people living there and trade links and financial flows of money. You know, London is sometimes called London Grad for the amount of Russian money and emigres that live there. Dublin has none of that, but the embassies are roughly the same size. So that raises the question for lots of people and it has done for many years. Why does it need so many staff? And what is the answer to that question or what could you speculate might be the answer to that question? It's often been observed that Russians, uh, the Russian foreign ministry, when it goes abroad, it brings everyone with them. So when Ireland goes abroad, it will hire translators and cleaners and cooks and, and, and what have you. Russia would bring everyone with them. And the thinking has always been that a good portion of those people they're bringing with them who would ostensibly be you know working as drivers or 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 translators or what have you are actually part of the russian intelligence services and security services you know there's an old joke that a russian diplomat would be driven around by a chauffeur but the chauffeur would actually be more senior to him because the chauffeur would be a would be a colonel or whatever in the kgb or fsb or one of the successor intelligence uh, organizations so that is the suspicion obviously and it's a suspicion that's been borne out that the size of its embassies around the world and the size of its embassy in ireland is a not very effective front for its intelligence operations
One of the reasons why we're talking about this is that in recent days, the Irish government asked four Russian diplomats to leave the country. How did that come about? So the ostensible uh, reason for the diplomats being asked to leave the country, uh, which was given by Taoiseach Michal Martin, was that their activities were... ...are not in accordance uh, with the international standards of diplomatic behaviour. And it's a pretty widely accepted code for that they were spying or engaging in intelligence gathering. So under the Vienna Convention, nations have pretty broad rights to expel another country's diplomats if they think they're up to no good, and this is what happened here. The four officials who are being expelled have been identified as uh, likely members of the GRU, which is Russia's military intelligence unit, along with the SVR, which is its foreign intelligence unit. The GRA is responsible for most uh, overseas Russian intelligence gathering. The fact that these 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 uh, officials were members of the GRU or were suspected members of the GRU wouldn't have been a new revelation to the Irish security services. These agents' activities would have been monitored and would have been known for some time, as would have the activities of other um, suspected agents uh, operating out of the embassy. The reason they're being expelled now, of course, is is that it's part of Ireland's response to Russia's invasion of, of Ukraine, which began in late February. If you're going to expel some officials, you might as well expel the ones that are spying. We don't have any insight into this, but we can kind of speculate that, you know, the government would say we need want to expel a certain amount of officials and the security services will say, well, if you were to expel anyone, I'd expel these guys. And how would the Irish security forces have identified these people? Because you would have a very good grasp of the inner workings of the Irish Defence Forces and the, the, the Gardaí. Like, how would they have said, OK, uh, diplomat A, B, C and D, we reckon are spies? Like, would they have the capacity to do that themselves? They would have a limited capacity to identify espionage activities in Ireland. I mean, the, our security services are often derided and kind of subject of jokes, mainly by other Irish people. But, you know, the the guards have been doing this for a long time with the Russians. The Russian embassy has been open here since 1973 and Russian ex- espionage activities here date to before 73 with uh, support for communist groups and the official IRA, including arms support. So this isn't a new sphere for the guards or for the defence forces. They know what they're doing to an extent. Obviously, they're limited by uh, manpower and by resources and probably technology to a certain extent. They would also rely on cooperation from uh, intelligence agencies whose goals align with ours. So, you know, you're talking about, you know, the three-letter agencies in the US and other similar agencies in the EU. Okay, now I'm going to have to ask you to speculate on something now because you can't say with any clarity exactly what any espionage network would be doing in Ireland because if you did know that, they wouldn't be very good at their jobs. But why would Russia, for example, want to establish a spy network in Ireland? I would imagine in European standards, we're pretty much a backwater. So what's the advantage of having a spy network based in this country? There's many reasons. And you know we're kind of a the, we're a small country in the EU, but we are a very active country in the EU, and 
we're also an active country in the EU with a pretty weak security apparatus. So for that reason, Ireland would be seen as a prime target for the interception of confidential information being shared at the EU level. So, for example, uh, EU negotiations on sanctioning Russia, that would be of extreme interest to the Russian government of what way different countries are going, what countries might be open to convincing otherwise that sort of stuff or for example the recent efforts to increase eu cooperation on defense matters that would be uh, obviously huge interest to russian um generals and, 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 and admirals and so on um aside from the government level we're also a tech hub uh and a very open economy where many foreign businesses store secure data and uh that leaves it open to you know, the thefts of that data and also industrial ex- espionage where they may seek to steal trade secrets and intellectual property. We're also have been suspected of being a hub to, uh, infiltrate agents into the UK due to the, the land border and due to our kind of absence of a security architecture and under resourcing of that kind of world we're seen as a soft target so in the past it's been suspected that they've used ireland as a training ground for new agents where they could come and carry out operations with much less chance of being caught and expelled and gain that experience before going on to kind of bigger targets they're just some of the the possible reasons russia would be interested in little old ireland Something that intrigues me is what does a modern spy look like? Because most of us, when we conjure up the image of a spy, we probably think of James Bond or characters from John le Carre novels meeting on rain-slicked bridges to exchange secrets. Is that what the world of the spy looks like today? Well, I can show you what uh, a modern-day Russian spy looks like because uh, the Slovakian uh, intelligence services uh, last uh, or two weeks ago released a video of a Russian spy making contact with a blogger in Slovakia trying to get information. They've released this video kind of in a bit to maybe embarrass the Russians. It's a video of the assistant military attaché in the Russian embassy in Slovakia, Lieutenant Colonel Sergei Solomazov, I'm probably mispronouncing that. He's in his his uh, summer clothes or his you know t-shirt, and he's meeting a, a blogger in a in a sun-soaked park in Slovakia. He says to the blogger that uh, he's told Moscow that you're such a good boy. The blogger is asking for more money because of high gas prices. Um, he agrees to play the blogger uh, 1,000 euro. It's a lot more pedestrian, obviously, than it's than it's depicted in the films. But at the heart of it, it is it's about meeting people. It's about charming people and influencing people. And also about giving them money, which is probably the main um, impetus for people to, to cooperate with foreign intelligence agencies. Connor, how did the Russian diplomats who were left behind in Ireland respond to the expulsion of their colleagues? And how have the Russian authorities in the Kremlin responded to this action? So the Russian embassy pretty much immediately came out with a statement saying that it rejects the qualifications by the Irish government of their diplomats' work. And they called this uh, arbitrary 
groundless decision, which will only deteriorate uh, Irish-Russian relations further, which have already been damaged by the Irish participation in illegitimate EU sanctions against Russia. So, pretty angry response there. Um, they went on to say the embassy proceeds from the assumption that such a step by the Irish side will not go unanswered. And, you know, that can be read as we're going to expel some guys too. And that's what the Russians have done in the past when we have uh, expelled diplomats. So we've expelled four. We can expect that the Russians will probably expect f- expel four. The hope is they won't expel more than four because we only have a handful of diplomats in Moscow. And have we been here before? Have we expelled Russian diplomats in the past? There was suspicion of the, the the Soviet embassy in Ireland right from the beginning. So when the embassy opened in 1973, it was after a, a series of negotiations between the Irish and Russian government. Soviet officials were, were kept in a pretty tight leash by the Department of Foreign Affairs. For example, if they wanted to travel more than 25 miles outside of Dublin, they had to supply the department with a full itinerary their motor vehicle registration and and other details, and they had to do that in triplicate. Uh, however, the officials, the Russian diplomats and spies, found a way around this. In 1983, three Russian officials, well, two Russian officials and one of their wives were expelled. These were believed to have been KGB spies, which was obviously the Soviet Union's uh, main intelligence agency at the time. And they were actually believed to have travelled to Donegal to make contact with uh, Russian submarines and to communicate with Russian submarines in the coast there and to have tried to influence people in Ireland and gather information. Their uh, spying work actually centred in um, Slorgan Shopping Centre, of all places, where they tried to get a US Marine to hand over NATO nuclear uh, submarine secrets. Uh, Marine was actually a double agent who was working for both the Americans and uh, the Russians and that's what led to the the, the scheme being outed. And uh, as recently as 2011, M- Michal Martin, who was then Minister for Foreign Affairs, ordered the expulsion of one Russian diplomat over the embassy's involvement in forging Irish passports for use in uh, a Russian spy ring in the US. It was an operation which ran for 10 years, a close study of Russian spies operating in the US. The suspects didn't work in embassies or military missions. They settled for quiet lives in quiet suburbs. That was the Anna Chapman spy ring that got a huge amount of publicity at the time. One of the spies was Anna Chapman, whose role in the affair made her an international star. These passports were forged when Irish people went to the Russian embassy to apply for visas to Russia and their passport details would be copied and used to create new passports. Um, So you had these poor unsuspected Irish people's identities being used by Russian spies in America. And then going all the way up to 2018 when we expelled another uh, Russian diplomat following the poisoning in Salisbury in the UK. The reckless attack in Salisbury was the first known use of a nerve agent in Europe since the Second World War. It was not just an attack against one country, but an affront to the international rules-based system. That was in solidarity with the UK and other European countries who expelled a huge number of Russian diplomats uh, in response to the issue. Um, And again, that would have been a similar justification that that particular diplomat was suspected of being a Russian intelligence asset. Connor, finally, if we were to look at the long term, and obviously we don't know what's going to happen 
when it comes to the war in Ukraine. But is an action like this by the Irish, by the Irish government likely to have long term implications for the relationship between Russia and this country? Or do they just move on as time passes? Time seems to heal a lot of wounds in the diplomatic world, but obviously there's a limit to that. So obviously, as I detailed there, tensions have been very high before, during the Cold War and even after the Cold War. Um, but they've always returned to a relatively normal, somewhat tense playing field. That said, uh, the relations with Russia and the EU and the rest of the world pretty much have probably haven't been this bad in a long, long time. And a lot of it depends on the Russians' actions next. If the Russians withdraw, sure, we could see a, a return to some sort of normal diplomatic relations in a couple of years. But if they do something like use chemical weapons or you know, commit more atrocities, then you could see them becoming a proper pariah state like something like North Korea. Basically, we'll just have to wait and see. Conor Gallagher, as ever, thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you. That's it for today. In the News was produced by Jennifer Ryan and Aideen Finnegan. We'll be back on Wednesday.